0: Hey, folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Today, it's a chance to talk about smart cities. Now, would you like to live in a smarter city, an environment that is uh, leveraging and, and utilizing uh, tech for the benefit of all? Well, we're going to dive in and talk about that with Jonathan Reichenthal. Now, welcome to the show, Jonathan. Great to see you. <laughs>
1: It's good to see you again, Paul. It's been a while. Uh, I've been on your show before, but it's been so long, and you've been on my podcast too. So it's lovely to reconnect with you.
0: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that we uh, that we can't connect in person on this occasion, but it's uh, it's not not too bad doing it over the uh, over the internet. I mean, it was definitely uh, fun to uh, to catch up with you. Uh, last time in in Silicon Valley and Palo Alto there I think uh, you were still in your role as the uh, chief executive uh, chief information officer at the city uh, of Palo Alto when when we last caught up in in person um, mm-hmm. but it's, tell us a little a little bit about what you've been up to you've been on the New Zealand tech podcast uh, before um, but you're and and sort of in between you've spoken and I don't know how many uh, dozen dozen <laughs> countries since uh, since that that last appearance you were uh, here in New Zealand um, you know speaking um, to chief information officers I think probably at the CIO uh, summit um, definitely mm-hmm. keen to to delve into to smart cities uh, particularly in light of your uh, new book that uh, that I I hear has been uh, been selling incredibly well which is uh, Smart cities for dummies. So uh, we're definitely gonna gonna delve into that. But uh, yeah. yeah, what what have you been up to, and what's life in uh, uh, San Francisco and the, and the Bay Area like during uh, during this sort of time of uh, COVID uh, madness?
1: Oh boy, oh boy, it's it, madness! Is right. That's an understatement. Uh, yeah, no, I had I had uh, seven uh, amazing years at the city of Palo Alto. Uh, I mean, I, I'm the last person that I thought. Would be uh, would work in government and and then you know I, I thought I'd stay maybe three years you know to make a difference one year's too short two years you're sort of getting getting warmed up and then three years you can kind of get stuff done as a as a chief information officer uh, but I ended up staying for seven years and had had a good time there but it was time for me to to move on the city manager was retiring after thirty five years uh, he was one of the reasons not only that I joined the city but I also stayed at the city and uh, we were a good a good partnership for experimenting with tech and and delivering uh improved and new services to the community so he was moving on and i thought you know what i'm, I'm well past that cio you know expiration date i probably should think about my next thing and i did think about a a, a ton of options uh one was to go to a big tech firm um i must have been crazy to think about that <laughs> then uh, i was going to go maybe full-time into academia which I was, you know, I've always I've been doing on the side for for many years now, uh, but actually I thought, you know, let's let's do the Silicon Valley thing and try a startup. You know, I, I'm, who knows how long I'll be here, and you know, and and I'm I'm here right now, and I got my network and my connections, and I you know I help lots of startups. Maybe it's time for me to try my own thing. And so in January of 2019, I spun up a little sort of education slash tech boutique firm. And yeah. uh, there's no product. It's it's almost, I mean, it is entirely services. Uh, but it's been a pretty, pretty cool. I focus on a lot of education related things, everything from writing to content development, to teaching and some, you know, some very successful online videos that I do, um, do it f- both for big uh, platforms like LinkedIn, but also for private companies who want you know, it's very specialized tech training done for their for their employee base. Um, I do traditional consulting, so I'm doing IT strategy stuff. Uh, still working a lot with cities. I mean, that's that's where my you know that's what I love to do now. Uh, but the education side and to focus on the future of our cities. And as as you and I will speak about in a few minutes, it's a pretty big deal. You know, our cities and and so uh, it, it's a great uh, important topic to be involved in. And the last thing I'm doing is. Uh, and then, and this is very characteristic of, you know, uh, where I'm at in my life here in Silicon Valley. Uh, so my, so many of my cohorts are in the same position. We, we do a little investing in startups. Um, sometimes that investment is just time and other times it's a, some cash. Um, so we're all hoping for, you know, if you have a portfolio, you're hoping that, you know, one will be a breakout hit and that will be your perhaps will be our retirement. Uh, but my startups are all uh, social impact companies. Uh, so I'm, I'm investing to make a difference, and, and that aligns well with both my education, passion and my interest in, in cities. Um, now this year was I had various plans for 2020, but of course, nature had different plan for you and I and, and everyone else. So uh, um, you know, we've been shelter in place here in San Francisco, just just south of San Francisco. We, we, um, it sort of sh- everything shut down towards the end of March like it did for you. And it hasn't really opened up that well here. And so I've been writing and, and teaching and developing content and uh, doing, uh, I think, lots of productive things. And, you know, I'm doing well relative to a lot of people. Um, but it's bad here. I mean, we, we really have a sort of a perfect storm of um, a, a pandemic that's not been managed. Um, we have people who really believe it's a hoax. Uh, we have a lot of people who who refuse to wear masks, um, and we're in the right now. We're in the in the in the uh, the end game of a of a contentious election. Uh, you know that's just going to get worse in the, in the days ahead. Um, so it, it's a it's a bit of a tough time. You know we're opening closing. We we uh, the, the 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 hairdressers were open for a while. They're now closed. You know the, the we really wanted to get kids back in school and students back to university. And that hasn't gone well at all. Uh, you know, so it's a tough time. It's a tough time. You know, we, we, uh, we've got our protests going on, you know, we've got some very, very deep, uh, systemic institutional challenges that, you know, need to be need to be addressed over the next few years in a, in a really important way. Uh, and they're not, you know, so, so, uh, all that said you know every day here in northern california wake up there's blue skies and uh, you know i'm healthy and my family's healthy there's a lot to be thankful for uh, but that's that's the 50,000 foot uh, overview of, of me and 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 uh, america right now
0: yeah oh well, it look it, it is crazy times where wherever we look um but let's let's delve in a little bit to this smart cities uh topic mm. that you've spent so much time um, you know, in, involved in both in you know in your role there for uh, um, Palo Alto, um, which which of course is is you know one of the more well known um, areas of, of Silicon Valley, um, mm-hmm. and and really you know the things that you've been writing about um, in your book and the things that you've been you've been teaching about so. I guess, for you know, first and foremost, you know, why is there this sort of big drive for um, for smart cities? What are the what are the big sort of challenges that you see that technology and innovation can be involved in and in changing?
1: Yeah, well, look, the the, the first sentence of my book is uh, this is a book about people, and and I want to really kind of. Uh, use that as sort of the, the springboard for talking about this topic. Uh, people immediately think, you know, it, 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 the topic of smart cities, we're probably going to talk about tech. And yes, we're going to talk about tech for sure. But but there's something much bigger, right? In My view, based on my research and, and, and the work I've done with governments and cities all around the world, uh, our future belongs to cities. You know, uh, the, 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 the often used data point that many people know but i'll just share it because it kind of sets the stage is more people live in cities today than live outside of cities and we're moving into cities at about three million people per week right and 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 the last sort of quick data point here is we're building city infrastructure at a rate of the size of new york city every month every month and we're going to do that for the next 40 years um, when you think about things like uh, the climate emergency that we're, we're in right now, if you think about um, uh, health care and access to education and clean water and fresh air and career opportunities, it's all happening within cities. Um, so if we're going to solve those things, if we're going to solve the climate crisis and the climate emergency, we're going to have to do it inside cities. So they're pretty important. And, and the, so the core thesis here, is that our cities are really important? Our future belongs to cities, but they're not in good shape. That's yeah, like uh, stating the. That's like stating the absolute obvious, right? <laughs>
0: it's 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 so true though, and um, you know that that growth rate, you know, and a new effectively sort of New York every how often did you say? Every month. Every month. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that, you know that's phenomenal, and the, you know of, of course yeah. down here in New Zealand where we don't see uh, we don't see a whole lot of. Uh, growth and and change uh, other than you know roads getting a bit slower and and, and so on um, you know that 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 sort of um, description is you know somewhat mind-blowing because New York of course has a bigger population than uh, than all of New Zealand um, and and so you know life here in many ways is a, is a lot simpler um, you know we've been uh, we've been fortunate i think and you know in so many ways uh you know during covid not to be as impacted as, as many uh, many parts of the world you know and uh, and and you know generally i think uh there's there's a you know a pretty good uh, feeling but look you know realistically the those, those bigger issues around uh you know climate change and um, homelessness and, and and so on. These um, you know these sort of challenges uh, you know aren't unique to one part of the world or another. And I'm I'm a big believer that uh, you know technology and innov- or innovative use of technology can really play an important role uh, in addressing some of these some of these ills some of these issues. Uh, in society, and and you know, as you rightly point out, um, you know the, these issues are uh, mostly centered uh, around our uh, our cities. So um, yeah, yeah, where do, where do we go from here?
1: Yeah, I, I'm glad you bring up some of those areas. I mean, th- th- this isn't just about you know the transition to cars that drive themselves, or maybe even the transition to uh, you know non-carbon energy. All all, all interesting and important developments. I mean very important um, but often for 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 you sort of people day to day you know walking to work or driving to work uh you know and, and living their life they're they're concerned about the cost of their home they're concerned about uh, if they're gonna have a job um, they're they they see homelessness and mental illness um, you know cities have uh, a a, a um, they're, they're not short of these major major challenges and and so you know I don't it doesn't matter what we call it. We do, smart cities just seems to have stuck. Right? It's just the term that stuck. Um, but what we're really talking about is how do we build better cities that serve people better and just increase the quality of life. You know, so we don't have this excessive, you know, uh, this excessive homelessness or or lack of inclusion for different parts of our society. Um, you know, so I I wanted to write a book not only that was about tech and how we can apply the best of technology to create better communities but how do we address all of these issues and think differently about uh, how we should operate our, our communities so th- so there is a big tech element there's also a big element of just thinking thinking differently um, and 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 that's the that's the bigger that That's why the topic is so big,
0: right? yeah, yeah, and look and i and I think there's a there's also a universal sort of nature of um you know of the 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 thinkings, the the mindset, the application of technology to solve problems. You know, when you look at it in one context, it can also inspire that thinking in other contexts. So not everybody listening to this is gonna be, you know, sitting in a local government and have a, you know, an an opportunity or or um you know or be in a, a technology company um that is supplying local government. But everybody will, you know, I think find some, you know, some interesting take homes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, A because so many of us live in cities anyway, so we're very interested in well how can our, our cities be, be better? Um, yeah. you know how can we solve some of those some of those frustrations, some of those challenges um, y- you know and, and whether those are sort of social ills or, or, or other, other things that uh, are, are on our minds uh, you know traffic and, and, and so on. Um, but the, you know it's that, it's that broader view of you know where one bit of innovation, Often begets and and helps facilitate other innovation, and the more we can, um, yeah. you know, we can we can learn, um, you know, the more that helps. And I think always these these discussions come down to uh, e- empathetic thinking and having, you know, empathy for for all of those involved, and that's how we. Uh, you know, ultimately can solve these problems because we've got empathy for uh, the all the different sort of stakeholders, and we're not just looking at it through a lens, right? You know, a, a, a local uh, uh, mayor who runs a uh, you know a, a particular uh, region or, or city, um, you know, they 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 really have to be in that position of not just looking at it from well, what ticks one box, but it, it's really uh, looking at it from all those perspectives. And um, you know, I guess this is this is this is a lot of the um, the thinking that uh, that you do, right? Is is encouraging that sort of broader view to to step back and and look at how to really achieve outcomes that are um, that are great for, for everybody involved.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's enormous frustration by city leaders uh, because they they are so uh, determined to to find solutions, and yet many of these things seem intractable. Um, but p- part of the problem is we're taking sort of a 20th century mindset and applying it in the 21st century. Um, and so what I try to do is, uh, and, and I work with lots of different people who are, you know, very smart on this topic is we try to take a 21st century perspective. How can we uh, leverage the value of data? Uh, how can we take the advantages of digital transformation and apply them in a city context? So perhaps we can deliver with more efficiency, with lower cost um, than we have historically. If you're going to have people answering the phone, that's going to be expensive you know, for every service in the city, particularly when we're, we're in a time of uh, either sort of flat revenue or perhaps because of COVID many, many communities are going to see a drop in revenue. we got to think entirely different about how we're doing all this stuff. Now this has been going on a while, by the way. You know, communities think that you know if, if you pay some taxes government's going to take care of everything right well that that's just that's just nonsense today in the 21st century uh, we all have to collaborate and and when I say all I'm talking about the private sector the public sector academia you know I'm talking about um, the, the, the the NGOs you know the, the non-governmental organizations and community and 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 it's the ultimate sort of public-private partnership Um There's also now more opportunity for the private sector to step up and just deliver solutions. You know, we don't have to wait necessarily for the mayor to do something or the, you know, the council to say, okay, this is a good idea. You know, or today it was interesting. um, The Federal Aviation Authority in the United States uh, finally approved uh, Amazon to deliver packages by drones. Yes, uh, yeah, I heard that. You, you would have heard it, but I bet you nobody else because we're so super focused on other topics that some of this like really groundbreaking. Uh, these th- things are happening. I don't, and I'm not saying I'm some huge advocate for parcel delivery by drones. I'm just saying it's coming and it's going to have consequences. And, and, uh, and so this was not initiated by cities to make it easier to deliver medicine or something or, you know, to, to, to be able to send supplies to a, a, a growing, a, an aging population. This was, This is entirely driven by the private sector. Um, you know, so there's, there's many examples, ultimately, of where the private sector says, hey, you know what, we're fed up with, you know, or, or, we, or not that they're just fed up, but we see a problem, let's step up. And, and solve it and and fortunately now we have this growing gov tech urban tech sector that, that that's doing that so when we talk about the future cities and when we think about better communities we're also talking about thinking differently, designing differently um, and and taking advantage of the the best parts of tech
0: yeah um, so when when um, when we break that down, and delve into it where are you seeing the most innovation mm-hmm. on on this front you know the what's what's got me kind of curious i suppose is there does seem to be this wide, widespread interest in in smart cities and you know i guess it's quite natural you know any uh, any city wants to uh, wants to look good uh, to those that live there they want to attract others from other areas and they deal with all you know, well, many of the same sorts of, of challenges from a financial perspective. And I mean, we've seen COVID put a put a huge sort of financial load on on yeah. cities. And I haven't seen a good breakdown of you know exactly why that's the case. You know, here in here in Auckland, you know where there's just um, you know financial shortfalls of hundreds of millions of dollars, if not into the, the billions. You know, and you know I'm not sure exactly what you know what it is that's uh, that's causing. Auckland to be, you know, so uh, so far out of pocket compared to uh, normal normal scenarios. Um, Mm -hmm. But when when I look when I look sort of around the world, where um, where I hear about the most sort of um, interesting things, often it seems to be China. Now I'm not saying that's necessarily um, Mm -hmm. good or bad, but. Um, you know there, there are some aspects that are that are probably fall in one direction and and some that we would feel fall uh, in other directions. now I don't know how much time you've you've spent uh, in China um, but of course when you've you've got a, a very sort of um, uh, um, what what would you say? Um, a, you know, a, a government that can uh, that can make decisions and, and, and do what mm-hmm. it like what it likes without uh, necessarily there being any, any support from the general public. Um, you know, they could go out and uh, and roll out you know technologies such as well, let's drop a few million cameras into a you know into a city and so on. Um, that said of course you know London has lots of uh, lo- lots of cameras as as do most most parts of the world um, but what <laughs> right. are the, what are the places that uh, have been on your radar that um, you know have really done some some of the best uh, things and what do you think of what uh, what is happening in um, in parts of China
1: Mm-hmm. well let, let, let me maybe just start with the China question first uh, and then we'll we'll get, I'll go back to the more broader picture. Um, I, I, all I can say is what's, got, what's been happening in China over the last 20 to 30 years is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the the level of investment in infrastructure is off the charts. I mean, the data is is clear on this. I, I'm going to mess this up, but it, it just gives your listeners a, a sense of it. Um, you know, the, the, they, they poured more concrete <laughs> and built more infrastructure in like 10 years. Uh, What uh, compared to what the U.S. did in about 200 years, Um, so they they caught up very very fast, and now they're pushed. They're moving forward even more rapidly. Um, So they're they're, you know the 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 thousands of miles of uh, high speed rail that they've laid down. um, You know the 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 the, again the thousands and thousands of miles of fiber that they've put in place, and and the cellular uh, networks. Uh, and the investment they're making in education to turn out lots of engineers and physicists, and you know, lots and lots of smart people. Um, you know, the the investments they're making in in other countries surrounding them, and also in Africa, uh, to to ensure future demand and and, and future dependencies. Um, it's 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 remarkable, um, and, uh, and and as you said, they they do it in, in, a, in their government is different. There's there. Their governance and their structure is entirely different to here in the U.S. where, um, you know, we w- if we're going to build a road, the, we, we have to understand all the wildlife and, and you know, the erosion and the environmental consequences, all good stuff, but it slows everything down. And I mean, it slows it down to the point of nothing's moving forward. You know, here here in Silicon Valley, we have a we have an absolutely out of control um, housing crisis. I mean, there, there's there's not enough housing. I mean, it might change now because of covid, but we'll see what happens in the long term. Um, and, you know, it, it, the, people say there's no solution. It's it, it's there's no way to solve this problem. There absolutely is a way to solve the problem, build more uh, buildings and build them more high rises. Yeah, but here's the yeah. thing. People don't want to do it. People, Nobody wants to change the quality of life we have or the look of their their little quaint little, uh, you know, Silicon Valley towns. That's the choices we're making. Um, not the same necessarily in other countries and in, in, in China where um, they, uh, they actually have too many homes, too much property as a consequence of overbuilding. Yeah, there are some um, places
0: where they've basically built cities and there's uh, yeah. well, maybe not quite entire cities, but there, there are areas that are, you know, there, there's empty, empty buildings sitting waiting for a population to, uh, to arrive.
1: Sure. They, they, they call them the ghost cities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, when you when you build, you you drive economic growth. And so if you continue to build, you continue to feed this hungry beast and and uh, uh, create, uh, you know, above average GDP. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens to China in the long term. I mean, the uh, they're, they're positioned well for for dominating this century or a good chunk of it. Um, and, you know, if they get some breakthroughs in in artificial intelligence and quantum computing, um, you know, all bets are off. Then, then we're then then everything is different. Um, I, I think when you look around the world, uh, there's a there's a lot of good work being done to build better cities. I mean, there 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 is a recognition that there's a recognition of the challenges, and there's a recognition that we have to be bolder in how we we solve them. And the other dynamic is we're starting to see sort of the internet natives become the leaders, right? As as sort of the millennials and uh, uh, in particular start to enter senior roles in organizations, they were born with the internet. They were born with tech and apps and smartphones. Um, So one would expect, and and this is what we're seeing, is that there is more of a tech-centric approach to, to solving problems, a better appreciation, for example, of the role of data. And you know, to get back to an earlier question you asked, which I didn't answer properly or fully, in terms of what can we do, uh, we can start by taking advantage of the of the high volumes of data that cities have, in order to make better decisions, to do better planning, to be able to create new solutions. That there's there's an enormous opportunity in data, but um, you were looking for maybe some specifics. I mean, the, the the ones that people will always cite, and I've been to these places are. Dubai, you know, in, in the United Arab Emirates, um, it, it does feel a little bit like flying into the future. I mean, the, the city is, is remarkable. It's uh, It's got that sort of like a new car smell, you know, yeah, <laughs> as a city. Yeah. Um, you know, Singapore, uh, you know, it's small, dense um, and well managed, you know. And, and so uh, it's not for everybody. You know, the, the system is not for everybody. But. Um, if you if you are part of it, you know you won't see homelessness there really because they, it's a priority that everyone gets a home and everybody has access to a home. They they make education their number one national goal and and they've they've prospered because of that. Um, you see um, you see some good work being done in some European cities. Uh, you know the work uh, in, in Barcelona got particular attention because it, it it had a few sort of big tech companies jump in and sort of make it a uh, a city, a, a flagship city for, for new tech, uh, like Internet of Things and smart trash cans. So, you know, you could, you could deal with waste more effectively. Um,
0: so how is that sort of, you know, played out? Are we, are we really just at the very, very early phases of, you know, this, this, what, what we would call a, a smart city? Obviously, you know, there are, there are some cities like Christchurch here in New Zealand uh, yeah. That in, in many ways are very new cities because they've you know they, they've had uh, an incident in you know the case of Christchurch with, with the earthquakes yeah. um, that's that's been effectively you know rebuilding from you know from scratch over the last uh, uh, last decade um, you know a, a city like Barcelona I, you know I guess there, there, there's um, you know a, a pretty big population there, there's a lot of uh, infrastructure that's been around a long time. Um, but where you've got that willingness, there's, there's an opportunity um, to, to bring change. And, of course, we, there are levels of, of things where there's constant change, you know, be it the rollout of fibre or starting to move into 5G. You talked about you know, Internet of Things. There are you know, definitely uh, ongoing and, and constant opportunities, aren't there, in terms of uh, changing yeah. and, and improving uh, the, the, the infrastructure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lots of great points there. I have to say uh, on my last visit to uh, to New Zealand, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you on this podcast or anything. Uh, it's certainly one of my favorite places in the whole world. Um, and I think I shared with you uh, when I visited New Zealand for the very first time, but when we first met two years ago, um, and, you know, I, I travel a lot. I usually get to the airport and I'm like happy to go home. Uh, this was the first time in in maybe my life when i sat in the terminal at the gate waiting for my flight and i was like i'd love to stay another four or five weeks like i didn't want to leave so uh, i have great love for for new zealand and i as soon as the covid nonsense is gone i'm, I'm getting back there um but i did drive down to Christchurch on my last visit and um you know it, it's one thing to sort of See the tragedy that happened, you know, uh, through uh, video and news. Nothing to be there and and really understand the full extent of it and all. And what I noticed was, you to your point exactly right. You know, they had the opportunity to rethink the a a big city, uh, and and what who has that chance, right? <laughs> to to say how now that we get the second chance, unfortunately, how might we do it differently? And I did notice things like, for example much more focus on uh, spreading the city out more so the you know the boulevards were wider there was more green space um if i'm not mistaken they were in the final stages of the of some light rail Um, all good decisions though those make a community these are the things we've learned these make communities better when people have access to high quality public transport Uh, when there are more parks it is better for uh, mental states you know so people are healthier in their minds um, so, you know, you, when I look across the world and I think of the, you know, the, the most, the breakthrough things that are happening, of course, uh, sensors being placed for, you know, water detection or for better, you know, management of traffic, th- these are things that definitely jump out, but I'm also impressed with, for example, pedestrianization, how many cities, uh, are beginning to think about how can we give. Our, our, our cities, our urban infrastructure back to people rather than, you know, the the, the decades we've had now or, in, or the century we've had of, of cities for cars. You know, let's have cities for people. Let, let's, let's define the future of cities as places that are built for humans and not for cars or other mechanical things. Um, so you see like some really neat work being done in, in, in Mexico City and even in Times Square, in New York, where they they have permanently pedestrianized major thoroughfares, and you see what happens: life emerges. You know, people start to uh, to gather and and to uh, like, for example, if you go to Times Square now, well, not right now because it's not a good time, but when you when things are better, um, you'll you'll see that there's people uh, you know congregating to to watch entertainment, to uh, to to drink coffee together, to do things that you know were unmanageable. Uh, unimaginable, I should say, uh, just uh, just a decade ago or so. Um, so, you know, I, I think even these sort of like analog features are are transforming our cities. And the, the one last thing I wanted to just say about this, because this has sort of been a a little bit of a passion of mine over the last few months, because of the, my research in this area, is the emergence of urban forests. You know, this is this is really cool. Is is bringing trees back into our cities. Um, there are so many positives to this, um, everything from, you know, reducing the heat of cities uh, and 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 tree covering uh, canopies do that to making cities and, and streets look more beautiful and on and on. It, it, there's just great movement to bringing, you know, the trees back and, and, and air quality is an obvious one. Right. Um, so you see you see uh, like uh, as I traveled around Europe and even, for example, I was in um, Santiago, uh, Chile and, you know, the, remarkably beautiful and modern city for sure. Um, and a real emphasis on, on, um, on trees, having, uh, their streets, uh, have these gorgeous, uh, canopies of, of trees. Um, so that, you know, you, it might be surprising to people listening about this topic, of smart cities, and I'm talking about trees, but really that that's, some of the broad and, and almost unorthodox thinking that is required now to transform our communities
0: yeah it's 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 interesting isn't it and this uh, there does seem to be that sort of constant move around the world wherever you look to you know better cater to public transport and walking and um, yeah there's there's a trade-off for those uh, in, in vehicles and and it you know it is quite interesting uh, at at the moment to get around auckland you know, city. We, you know, we don't have the uh, the train infrastructure yet. That's, uh, you know, that 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 that's coming in terms of in the uh, in the central city and being able to get from you know one one end of it to to another. Uh, it's pretty painful to uh, to drive around and so on. But you know, we're we're in a state of transition. So you know, mm. I'm kind of curious how that will uh, how that will will land. But it does seem to be very much a sort of a you know a global move to make it easier for people to to get around on on bikes and. And, and on foot, uh, you know, com- compared to in um, in cars. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious how that will play out. I mean, I've certainly spent my fair uh, time walking around cities like San Francisco and 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 New York, and yeah, they're um uh, it, c- it can be a long hike from one uh, you know one one place to another, and it does vary in mm-hmm. terms of how good the uh, the uh, infrastructure is in terms of subways and and um, uh, and the like to sort of you know, get you around so you know cars are still a, a pretty important part of the of the mix it's it's fair to say. Um, when we look forward a, a, a little bit uh, a little bit further Jonathan, um, yeah. you know we, we, we're sort of I guess you know in this stage of, of sort of laying a lot of foundations for um, you know much more technological you know city, cities of the future. Um, how do you see things playing out? For you know, for instance, um, you know, one challenge that I'm sure has been common around the world in um, in recent months has been uh, connectivity for uh, for people wherever they, they are. Um, you know, particularly those who are, are maybe not as as wealthy. Um, while schools are closed down, you've got you know families everywhere that are wanting. Um, their children to be successful. But in mm-hmm. order to be able to, you know, take advantage of, of online learning, you need to be able to get online. Um, is this one aspect that you see that the smart city of the future has is some, you know, sort of universal connectivity that's, that's open to all, even if it's, you know, maybe a, a, a lighter grade than what we expect people maybe to have uh, in terms of, you know, gigabit 10 gigabit you know plus um, you know fiber into into every home is that one aspect of the of the smart city? yeah yeah I,
1: I can't help thinking of when when uh, I was chatting to you when you were over in Palo Alto a, a, a while back and you were telling me all about the uh, New Zealand strategy to, to deploy fiber uh, it was it was I was very impressed and and uh, you, you clearly have a couple of advantages you know not a huge population. And not a massive country, so you, you have some, uh, you know, characteristics there that that help. But that all said, you still have to have leadership, you still have to have a vision, you know. And and apparently New Zealand got that, and and uh, hopefully that 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 plan is rolling out as you expected. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting if you go back to 1850. Let's do a, a big, a little bit of <laughs> urban history here. Uh, electricity is the is the big thing that that happens. And you know, electricity absolutely changes the world. It enables you know telecommunications and railways and factories and um, and air flight um, and 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 uh, lots of well, lots of things to suddenly happen and transform the
0: world. And that um, took a it, long time to arrive, didn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's my point. So this is 1850, right? And we start right. to electrify the world. Yeah. Um, it is now 2020,
0: right? And we haven't finished that project yet. You know, but it, that's, that's it's it's mind, I mean, mind-boggling isn't it i mean i remember my father <laughs> telling me about growing up in the in the uk um i don't know an hour or 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 so out of london in the village that he was in and um yeah he was he was telling me about listening to the wireless and they had to go you know they had to take their their battery there was somebody in the in the village <laughs> uh, that they would take this battery to to get charged so that they could listen to the to the radio, and I'm thinking, hold on, <laughs> this is the 19, you know, this is the 1940s, and you didn't have electricity in your in your home, um, you know. So yeah. and and you're telling me, of course, that yeah, there are still parts of the world that are uh, um, that are lacking that, and and I and I guess you know there there are parts of you know New Zealand and parts of the Pacific Islands and so on that are off off grid too. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that is actually a bit of bit of a wake up call. I, th- I think we forget some of these realities. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, by the way, the, the, they called the, the radio was called the wireless. Yeah, by the way, so your your father probably uh, uh, your relatives referred to as, as, as the wireless. Um, and and yeah, and, and so you've got uh, still uh, somewhat a little less than a billion people today uh, who who don't have uh, access to electricity in the in the seamless way. Uh, we do. And so you fast forward and, and we have the information technology revolution and uh, you know really starts in the 40s and you know gets underway really in earnest in the 50s and the 60s. Um, we get the internet you know around about the, the 90s starts to be available to all of us and now we're it's 30 years later and we're, we're approaching about 60% of the world has access to the internet. Um, so it's it's you know that's been rapid relative to other major infrastructure deployments. But at the same time, you know, 40% of the world woke, woke up or will wake up tomorrow morning with no access to the Internet. Um, so, yes, it, it, it is uh, it, it is still a huge uh, infrastructure project. Um, it, it's not equally distributed across the world. Of course, you have uh, uh, fantastic infrastructure uh, in, in South Korea, um, but then you get into you know, the rural areas of the United States, and, and they don't have access or they have just dial-up still. Um, so, uh, and then, the, I'm not even talking about parts of India and parts of Africa where there's no access whatsoever. Um, uh, so, uh, if, if we're going to be considered smart, you know, if we're going to have the advantages of, of connected devices, um, of more digital services, you got to have a digital infrastructure. And the basics of a digital infrastructure is connectivity. Is the internet? Is uh, is is copper? Is fiber? Is wireless? And 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 the whole now spectrum of different, uh, you know, uh, short range and long range wireless capabilities. Um, so yeah, for any mayor, any city leader, uh, the 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 creating leadership and a vision and 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 eliciting the funds and having the partnership to bring faster infrastructure um i should say connectivity or telecommunications to its community partnering with the right people that that needs to be a a basic foundational part of of any future city um you know if you don't have access to the internet you 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 cannot participate in the 21st century i mean and 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 that that applies to things like uh, uh education and jobs and healthcare you know basic stuff so yeah we, that that that's a foundational aspect for sure
0: what are some of those other things that um you know we've seen that are that are either you know um reasonably new or coming you know in the next few years ahead in terms of what we would call the the real smarts you know you you mentioned data before and you know, we've seen it here in New Zealand that our uh, our parking uh, technology has has ramped up, and you know, re- reasonably short a short space of time. And we've got a, you know some some innovative firms here that are involved in um, you know in selling some of that technology out to uh, out to the world. And you know that that creates a, a scenario where a city can know you know how what percentage of car parks are in use, where where are the car parks that are most congested. And, and, you know, be a lot more intelligent about, well, where should, you know, further car parks be built? Where should we be making, you know, changes to, to roading? And, you know, there's so much data to, to draw on. And then, you know, yeah. I guess uh, age-old issues of overflowing... Um, Rubbish bins, we'd call them here in New Zealand. I guess you'd probably call them trash cans or or, or something in the uh, in in America. But um, you know that the idea, well, you can connect these things up. What what are some of the other things that are uh, that are that are going on that uh, you know we 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 can look look forward to or that are that are already going in and in other parts of the world, other than just cameras that uh, that that spy on us and um, um, yeah. you know, call down thunderbolts from uh, from Elon Musk's uh, satellites or, <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: right. Well, y- there are kind of four, maybe the way to think about this is, is my famous four buckets, right? The first one is uh, digitalization. You know, we, there's still an awful lot of work to do to uh, bring our cities up to uh, you know, even even the lowest entry levels of, of the private sector, um, you know, we're still filling out too many paper forms. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's quite yeah. remarkable. Um, you know, we're still faxing stuff. We're still um, having to go to a uh, an actual physical place and fill out a form and get it witnessed and stuff. So there's there's an enormous amount of opportunity in some of this easy stuff, Mm, you know, mm. Um, it's worth a lot of money, by the way, it's, you know, to to digitize government uh, and cities is is a tremendous opportunity and there's lots of gaps. So, you know, if you're if you're an entrepreneur or you're a young person thinking about what you want to do with your life for the next few years, uh, boys, there's a ton of opportunity to help with the digitalization of of cities and governments. Um, and so people can look forward to hopefully, you know, more seamless processes, more remote access, no necessity to, to go to a, a, a place. And for example, if you're going to get a, you know, if you're going to do something in your home, like let's say you get a new kitchen, right. And, and, and this will be different in different places, but here in the U S you got to get, it's got to be, it got to do inspections, electrical and plumbing inspections. You got to get certificates. I mean, it's a whole, you got to get a permit, There's all, all different types of steps and stages you got to go through to, to do something like a, uh, to build a new kitchen and it involves you know quite a lot of going backwards and forwards to the permitting center which uh, every every community has um, a lot more of that should be able to be done on a, on a smartphone frankly um
0: so yeah, I, think, that would, I think that would make communi- a huge difference wouldn't it because there there seems to be these huge layers of bureaucracy just to do very yeah. sort of simple Maybe a simple change to, uh, you know, to a home, and you know, here here in New Zealand, I think they've lightened up some of uh, some of that regulation to try and help sort of stir spending in the economy. So you know, pe- people get a, a little bit more done. Now I don't know whether that says that we didn't need those things in the first place, or yeah. whether it's it's you know it's just a little bit of a trade off for a short period of time. But yeah, that 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 seems like a really sort of smart move if if you could move those things to digital. Uh, if you need to do you know if a um you know a council or a local government of some sort needs to inspect something you know can't they do that over a remote video call rather than yep. having to spend a whole lot of time get from location A to location B i mean they could probably get twice as much done in in the same amount of time right
1: yeah no question and 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 you know it, it's oft, often repeated now i mean covid-19 has brought more digitalization to government in in 6 months than uh, anything else in the last ten years, you know, or, or even twenty years, uh, so it has accelerated some of those things. It's just we've had to do it. So uh, you know, there's been some. If, if, if we're if we're an optimist like I am, um, the silver lining on some of this, you know, this COVID nonsense and this this horrible thing that's happened, is that uh, we've seen some innovation happen that should have happened a, a long time ago. Um, yeah. So the so the second the second category. Is going to be uh, transportation. I, I think this uh, is an area that we can we can see with our own eyes is is being transformed, and it. and it ranges from everything from uh, many many different forms of transport, everything from an, a, like a scooter to an e bike uh, to light rail that we see rolling out to much more adoption of bicycles in general. I mean, this is a phenomenon all around the world. Um, I'm I'm reminded of a, of a conversation. That I had with the deputy mayor of Paris about about I don't know eight years ago, and he said that you know uh, the 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 use of bicycles was growing all over Europe. It had always been huge in the Netherlands and some other places, but it you know in France and particularly in Paris, people didn't cycle by didn't really cycle, um, and and so they they thought well there's a bit of a trend let's try it and. There was a big argument, you know, at City Hall that, you know, we'll we'll roll out a thousand of these bikes uh, for people and nobody will use them. The French will never use them. Um, and well, they rolled out a thousand bikes and they were all absolutely used. And oh, and there wasn't enough bikes for all the demand. So they ended up a few months later adding another two or three thousand. And eventually uh, it, it really caught on. And today, Paris, it's it's almost like uh, you can't recognize it with the amount of cyclists. Um, so so bicycles have become a a very big part of society, and the same thing's happening here in the U.S. A, a America is often called the auto nation. Um, you know, people uh, the suburbs were built uh, based on cars, and um, and now bicycles are starting to take off. And, and the trouble is, we've we've got these huge distances, and we don't have the infrastructure. So. Uh, fortunately, we're seeing some some good progress there. We'll also see uh, autonomous vehicles. This is going to be a big impact to our future, the way we get around. Um, it may also mean things like we won't own cars. And so, what happens in a to a city when their you know car ownership disappears eventually? Um, well, it means like maybe maybe we don't need parking lots, or we can convert some parking lots into into hotels or housing. Um, or retail whatever whatever it makes sense maybe maybe retail is a bad idea now (laughs) um you know because it's it's all pretty much going to go online it seems yeah um uh you know so high speed rail of course will come to more places um hyperloop is kind of interesting uh i think it's still speculative but there are some hyperloop projects and if they work um the ones that are being proposed uh you know it could be a it could it could uh ignite a an hyperloop revolution or, you know, similar. Um, uh, drones, we talked about that br- briefly earlier. Um, you know, today you look up in the sky, it's blue sky, and you can see the birds and things. It could be within a few years that our, our, our main arteries in our cities are full of these flying drones in, in all sorts of directions. They'll, they'll um, have
0: to conquer the... Um... The, the sort of the rain issue in in Auckland and the wind issue in Wellington <laughs> and uh, you know a, yeah. a, a few uh, a few other things like that to uh, um, you know to make them work all the time but yeah we we I mean that's been something that's maybe been sort of quite a slow burn hasn't it but it does seem as though we w- we will see some you know some reasonable steps forward within um, you know just how. Um, you know electric flight technology can be can be applied to various things whether it's mm-hmm. the you know those drone deliveries or you know here in, in New Zealand we've got the um, uh, development of the um, autonomous air taxis from uh, from Wisk, which of course is sort of a, a, a joint venture between uh, um, you know US funders in, including uh, Boeing and uh, and so mm. on um, and and uh, the the uh, the work here in, in New Zealand. so yeah, that's going to be quite interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out. Do you have a sort of a sense of how quickly we would see that that change? I mean some things are much easier and much quicker uh, to take place, aren't they? And um, <laughs> yeah, I remember reading about uh, bicycles coming into uh, and how they've just changed transport. And, you know, I think bicycles have sort of, you know, they probably gained popularity around 150 years ago or so. Um, but before that it was walking and suddenly, you know, bicycles became something that uh, that people could could own and, and utilise and the distance that people travelled um, on average, uh, you know, increased, you know, by, you know, quite a quite a number of times because of bicycles. And now, you know, of course we, we, we have, um, you know, bikes you can just, you, know, you don't need to own. Uh, there's there's that ability just to jump on and use them and of course the the electric aspect and that's come from sort of nothing to uh, to being very very common um, you know along with other other forms of um, other forms of of uh, uh, similar you know type of type of transport and I, I saw uh, saw some news I think it was in the last you know 24 hours on um, I don't know what you would call them but more the uh, um, like a, a an, an electric Vespa type um, uh, bike, yep. and uh, you know that, that you know obviously even even further in, in terms of range and and uh, you know higher performance than than uh, than an, an e bike. So yeah, you can imagine those things will will keep moving along. Um, the the air movement uh, for me is a is a little bit uh, less certain in terms of how quickly that'll move, and and, and even. You know, will it or will it not uh, happen? Do we, you know, are we comfortable with mm-hmm. things flying around in the sky? And uh, uh, is the technology uh, able to deliver, shall we say? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I I don't know that we're going to see passenger drones be uh, universally used uh, anytime soon. And, and not because we can't, but because we like the technology's there, we can definitely, we, we already see, you know, uh, drone taxis in limited use. It's the cost. It, the economics don't make it a, uh, something that can be widely used, at least not right now, and I, I don't see that for a long time. So that, that's more of a economic problem, moving humans in, in drones. Um, but, but, but drones for package delivery and, and you know, primarily, um, I think that's going to happen fast and big. Um, certainly what COVID has done is it, it, it's, uh, it's accelerated the, this new, the, 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 the demand for delivery. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It, you know, people have, are shifting from brick and mortar to online. And, uh, they were anyway, but you know, COVID now has accelerated it and people are getting their groceries and their meals all delivered now, um, and their medicine and, um you know it'll become a a war of who can deliver fastest i mean it it was funny when we went from like overnight delivery which seemed amazing to same day delivery which we thought wow that's so incredible to now 1 hour delivery which we thought wow that's pretty impressive um and now what what amazon are targeting with their um, prime air is 30 minute delivery um <laughs> i'm laughing because i'm thinking about there's a, a terrific comedian on on Netflix did a stand up show and I wish I could remember his name right now. And people, some people will know what I'm talking about. And he talks about this very notion of like the speed of delivery. <laughs> it's like how he got more and more impressed. And he said eventually, like you know, it's 30 minutes and 15 minutes and five minutes. And then he said everybody, it won't be competitive enough. They'll deliver before you even think of it. You know, <laughs> the, the baggage will arrive. You didn't even know you wanted it. It'll happen like 10 minutes before you even got your computer. It's like it gets so ridiculous in terms of like compressing the time. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you think you, you think
0: know, about uh, yeah the the extreme uses of artificial intelligence, and uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe you, you can sign up if you sign up for the top plan with Amazon. They'll uh, they'll always have something waiting for you based on what the AI thinks you might need next, um, based oh, on you- the time of day and, and everything else. <laughs> I guess it's all possible. Well,
1: th- oh, it's th- totally possible. No, I I mean you know the 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 reason. One of the areas that Amazon has totally uh, con- figured out and is using AI on is when you have a baby. Because they know when you have a baby, if you start ordering baby stuff, they know there's a baby in your life. And once you're hooked on that, once you're getting things uh, through uh, Amazon delivered quickly that are related to a baby, you're hooked. You're in the ecosystem and they know what you want when you want it. They're going to they know that the age of your child and what the child's going to need at every month of its life, probably through its entire life. Um, so th- th- this is not some, you know, <laughs> magical mystery, you know, fiction we're talking about here. Um, but uh, you, your question was how fast, you know, and I think about um, how quickly we went from uh, we, we got our phones, our cell phones, went from pages to phones. Uh, you know, we started, we suddenly got our smartphones and we had some apps and things, but text messaging here in the United States, for example, you know, it, we didn't have it because the, the telco companies were not talking to each other. So you Yeah, really I recall
0: that it was, it was very big yeah. in, uh, you know, in New Zealand and other Same places. Thing. I remember uh, Singapore where pages were very big and we didn't, we didn't really have that kind of phase in, in New Zealand to the uh, to, to that degree where it was kind of like, you know, everybody had a pager, you know, here yeah. I think we, we went to, just to, uh, to to cell phones and yeah, texting was a big part of it but uh, yeah, the US sort of got left out of that for, uh, for, 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 for many years and sometimes there's these kind of odd artificial barriers, right, that hold things up and then yeah. in other cases it all just, you know, it flows <laughs> through very quickly and in the same way I guess Spotify uh, you know, just just you know, moved in and suddenly become the became this sort of force in terms mm. of uh, you know how how we can consumed uh, music and uh, you know the radio industry and 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 others were impacted uh, you know very quickly.
1: It's so true, so true, and and um, well, yeah, I mean Spotify is completely huge disruptor to the music industry. But then I would go, I, you know going back to the texting for a moment, I would go to Europe, and all my friends were texting, and I was like, this was like crazy like when people were going to be late and stuff they were all t- and it seems so quaint now but this is like all of like what 10 years ago 12 years ago um, and then I come back to the US and nobody was texting you know just we couldn't we didn't have the technology to to, to be interoperable between the different telcos well it eventually happened you know obviously they had to negotiate it was going to happen and texting happened what I would say like I, I would characterize as overnight yeah America went from nobody, nobody texting to everybody texting so I feel a little bit like um, you know, there, there's the, the momentum around drones is building. Now FDA has approved, um, you know, Amazon. They've also approved uh, several others over the last few months. Um, you look up at the sky, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. And before we know it, there's going to be a lot of traffic, a lot of drone traffic. By the way, there's going to be issues. People are not going to like the noise and they're going to be worried about the, the safety issues and the privacy issues. There's lots of things to come out of that. We have a great company
0: here in new zealand that's addressing the noise the noise issue with some 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 very smart things to uh to keep them keep them quiet so very smart acoustics
1: oh yeah I they're going to be popular <laughs> the other two quick areas uh, in the limit in the in the short amount of time we have left is um is uh, energy is the energy revolution uh I, I, one is the energy revolution and related to all of this is is um how cities are going to respond to the climate emergency um, but let me just sort of talk just briefly about the energy revolution for a moment. Um, this is something that's absolutely underway right now, and for a lot of us, it's sort of invisible. we We, we don't have that great visibility into how our energy is uh, is derived and and delivered to our houses. Um, but there is a movement going on. There certainly is massive efforts to 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 reduce the carbon uh, energy that we produce in favor of non-carbon. Particularly uh, uh, in terms in terms of uh, wind, uh, solar is in there, and and and, and uh, uh, hydro, and there's you know, nuclear is part of the mix a little bit, um, and and so we're we're not going to see any sudden elimination of carbon energy. We we sim- the, the, we simply can't deliver that at the right cost and the and the reliability we have today with the with the non carbon uh, options yet. But we can have a better mix. We can have more solar and more wind, and then less coal, less oil, less gas. Um, and this means, you know, as we go, for example, specifically towards something like solar, uh, major infrastructure changes in our in our cities. You you already see them. You see buildings with their with their solar roofs. You see parking lots now having solar panels all over them. Um, you even see homes that are able to power a good deal of their power. And in fact. In some places uh, where where they have a lot of sunny days, um, homeowners are able to even sell the energy back into the grid, and yeah, that's in fact cool. Make a make some profit from it. Um, so I think we have that to look forward to. I think I think it, it, it's a kind of a good news story that we're not really celebrating that much. Um, you know, where we talk about how much new gigawatts of energy are placed onto the grids every year in, in our societies. And um, up until just a few years ago, the, the trajectory was continued to be, you know, coal, uh, oil and gas. Um, and, you know, gas has really had a bit of its own revolution um, too. not great because that's not fabulous for the environment. Um, but simultaneously, we've seen this uh, whilst oil um, actually all three have dropped in terms of net new gigawatts of power being introduced. Um, they're not going away and they won't go away for many decades. In terms of uh introducing new uh carbon-based uh energy um, but we see this very steep and accelerated adoption of uh, uh solar and, and wind and, and the others um and that that's a that's a good news story because there the uh, it, it's just it's intuitively you know here we have lower cost abundant clean energy uh, if we if we can do it right um, and, and, and it can help really in a big way with the with the climate emergency. Um, so I think the, the the why this all makes sense is you know cities are the biggest consumers of energy. By the way, data centers are the largest in most developed countries in terms of consuming energy. So bring it back to tech for a second. Um, but if we're going to you know solve the climate emergency, we have to do it in cities, and with cities producing you know the most amount of energy and requiring the most amount of energy. We're going to be uh, seeing this transition, which will have all these positive uh, impacts uh, over time. So, I think that's a, a very visible, big thing to look forward to.
0: Well, there's uh, there really is so much we could delve into, Jonathan. And you know, <laughs> I, could, I could see we've, uh, we've 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 burned through uh, about an hour already, and we could probably burn through a, a, another one or one or two be sort of d- different uh, directions we could go. But look, it's been absolutely fascinating. Um, Chatting with you, great to always great to catch catch up. Uh, you know whether it's uh, in person or ac- across the airwaves like uh, like this. Um, now tell us where where people can um can track down uh, smart cities uh for dummies and yes. um you know what what they should uh, um or where where they should look to uh to find you and to follow you on uh, on social media.
1: Well, thanks thanks for the opportunity to share that. So, yeah, the, the Smart Cities for Dummies book, came, it's part of the Dummies series from Wiley. Uh, you know, it's out now about six weeks. Uh, it's a blockbuster. I'm, I'm so humbled and just totally, uh, you know, it's been amazing um, to see the enthusiasm and, and the, just the, the interest in this book. So it's moving big time <laughs> all over the world. Um, I've had uh, and I've sent and I've had requests from uh, everywhere from Iran from japan korea a lot from south america uh from new zealand of course australia so it's it's really terrific people are interested in the communities and the cities um they want to make a difference they want to know what the tools are this book whilst it is part of the dummy series many people have told me it it doesn't really feel like a a, a sort of a dumbed down book it, it feels like a comprehensive guide uh, for anyone who wants to make a difference anyone who wants to participate in their city whether you work for the city, or you're a community member, or you're a vendor, or you're in academia. Um, I wrote it for everyone, and um, I, I didn't write it down to anyone. I wrote it you know, uh, respecting people's intelligence and giving lots of examples and lots of how to So um, I do want people to, uh, if, they, if they were in any way intrig- uh, intrigued by our conversation today, to know that this is a, a good little investment if they want to pick up the book. Um, uh, it is available of course on Amazon. Um, it's in uh, a, a book which I b- believe is popular in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. As the, as an online service, hopefully <laughs> I haven't, I, that's
0: not one I've used, but, uh, yeah, we've certainly got, we've got plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of choices, haven't we, which is, is great. Yeah. And have you got a, yeah. um, audio book coming, coming out as well? <clears throat> well, there is talk of that,
1: uh, right now, you know, Dummies' book is, is not, you know, ideal for uh, yeah. an audio book because it is a, it's a how to guide. Yeah. And there is some diagrams and things like that. And, um, but, but there, there is, there looks like there may be sufficient interest in it. Um, there is an ebook of course. Uh, so it is both physical form and you can get the ebook right now, you know, straight away onto your, onto your e-read or whatever it is. Uh, that's, that's absolutely available. um, and and we'll 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 see what happens with the audio. We're we're looking at a Spanish edition soon, and also a potentially a German edition. Uh, so I'm hoping to get the Spanish. I uh, hope hoping that there's there's a Spanish edition by the end of the year. Um, not that that's terribly interesting for New Zealand audience, but you may have. Well, Spanish we have people, people from all over
0: the world here in New Zealand. So that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. True. Oh, that's... Uh, that's great. Well, yeah, really really good to catch up. Um, now, if people wanted to follow you on uh, yeah. on on Twitter, is that that's that's sort of your main uh, social media channel?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty pretty active there. So it's just my last name, you know, @reichenthal. R E I C H uh, E N T A L. Um so definitely easy to find uh, Jonathan Reichenthal on Twitter. I'm very active on LinkedIn as you know. Uh, so happy to have conversations and and uh, explore ideas with people uh, on LinkedIn. So I think between honestly between Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, you can get me, you can ask questions, uh, we can connect. So that's and if you want to just kind of see what I'm, you know, kind of hear my musings on different topics and my and read my articles, I link everything. I put everything on Twitter there and on LinkedIn as well so people can easily Find them. I do have a professional site on Facebook, just Dr. Jonathan Rankdell on Facebook. So that's another. If Facebook is your thing, I'm there too. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's great. Well, look, uh, thanks, Jonathan, for uh, for joining us on on the show today, um, and also, of course, a huge thank you to uh, all of you for listening in. Uh, it's it's our listeners that make the uh, um, you know is the reason why we do this, and also a massive thanks uh, to our show partners. Uh, who, of course, are able to um, help us keep the New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, going and support our production and so on. So, um, yeah, big, big thank you uh, to uh, Sumo Logic, there, a Silicon Valley uh, company who uh, uh, support us here in New Zealand, to Vodafone New Zealand, Spark New Zealand, HP, uh, Samsung, Umbrella Connect, uh, Gorilla. Um, and, of course, Focus. So, uh, yeah, huge thank you to, to those companies for, for their support of uh, the tech and, and innovation uh, ecosystems here in New Zealand. And, of course, you can uh, track us down uh, online across those same uh, social uh, channels, uh, in terms of uh, LinkedIn especially, Twitter and Facebook. Those are all good, uh, good places to find the New Zealand Tech Podcast um, so thanks everybody for uh, for listening in to uh, to this week's episode. Of course, we'll be back uh, again next week. And uh, if this is your first time, well, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe. Find a good podcast app on your uh, on your device and uh, and subscribe. And um, yeah, we will catch you again on the next episode. All right, thanks everyone. See ya.